Hello, good afternoon, good morning to everyone out there who's tuning in right now to Last Word Productions once again. I am your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word. And we're going to jump right into it, man. I want to start off with the NBA news because, as we all know, the NBA preseason is upon us. You know, we got to see some familiar faces in new places. We got to see some college debuts. You know, so let's just jump right into it with my thoughts of what I've seen from the rookie class thus far. And so far, I've been somewhat impressed. You know, I know guys are in putting out huge scoring nights. I mean, the best night I think came from that I've seen that was notable was Isaac Okaru. Like for the Cavaliers, that was the best night I've seen. But he was a guy that I was high on, period, though. I thought... He was going to be someone who was, you know, legit because when you when you could play both ends of the floor and you play at a high level, man, you going when you play the defensive end at a high level, specifically coming out of college, you'll be good on offense end because offense is going to naturally come. It's a part of the game. You don't need to, you know, he's not a guy that needs the ball to be dominant. He plays well off others. Others, I'm sorry. And he looked impressive to me last night, man. He made a, made a big shot that won the Cavs the game. You know, I mean, I, again, it's the preseason. You know, he made a little driving layup. But still, it's, it's, it shows a lot of promise, man. I mean, you put him with a guy like Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. I mean, it's... It's no telling where this young core could take them. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be all of a sudden favorites to win it all, but I mean, it's, it's young, it's young talent, man. They have room to grow with each other. Lamelo Ball, Anthony Edwards weren't the most, you know, they didn't exactly light light the box score up with their scoring, but I like the poise they showed, especially Lamelo. He was—he looked a lot to me, honestly. He looked a lot, a lot like his brother, a good rebounding guard, you know, good passer. Um, I didn't really too much notice him on defense like I would Lonzo Ball, but on the offensive end perspective, he looked just like just like his brother Lonzo. I mean, good rebounder at the position, good passer, court vision very high, IQ very high. I mean, it's just. Some things are bigger than scoring, man, and it's his first game. I think people need to relax. You know, a lot of people are already dragging him because, you know, oh, he's supposed to be this, that. He has the green light, but he out there going 0 for 5 and 0 for 3 behind the three-point line. It's one game, man. Let's calm down. It's a preseason game at that, so let man get acclimated to the, and you know, to the new atmosphere he's in playing amongst grown men now like this he I mean he's been doing it before when he went overseas but the talent level was just it's from Z to A if we're being honest I mean it's it's good guys overseas but the NBA is where you'll see the most talent ever in anywhere collective that is I thought Anthony Edwards looked pretty solid you know his his shot looked a little better than what I thought you know he pulled up for about a 28-footer and drained it. It looked good, you know. So I'm not going to sit here and rag these guys too much about a first preseason game. I mean, it's it's just like when Zion was playing well his 
preseason and he got hurt. I mean, I wasn't going to write him as a rookie of the year or the next Zach Rudolph or, or something like that. So it was like he got to show me, you know. And to me, I always told guys, he reminds me a lot of Larry Johnson. I mean, I know some people may not know who that is, but Larry Johnson was <clears throat> a kind of undersized, smaller, athletic, big, slash forward, you know, hustle player, man, extreme hustle player. Like, he played with an extra motor, another motor than other guys did, especially at his size. To me, that's what Zion Williamson reminds me a lot of. He reminds me of Larry Johnson. But he has the, he showed he could be consistent. We got to see him play all 82, if, if at the very least, at least – 70-some games, you know, then they'll prove to me that he's legit. I think he is legit regardless of how it goes down. You know, everyone's going to have an off night or be tired. You know, the NBA, the NBA season is, like, crucial. It's devastating. I don't that I don't believe they're going to play all 82 this year. I highly doubt it, but he has to play the majority of the games is my point, and I, I'm going to see him do it. Now, getting into some other news about some other vets. Kevin Durant, look, he looked solid. He looked good in his first Nets appearance. I mean, he didn't blow your socks off, but he looked good, man. Same thing with John Wall. John Wall still looks explosive. Still looks as if he gets his spots when needed. Still look very strong for a guard. And his mid-range game looked kind of good. I mean, he still got the dribble moves, still create separation. So... He really pretty much scratched all the eye test questions that people have on, like, oh, will he still have his explosiveness, the speed, the athleticism? And to me, the game, that game answered it for me. So it wasn't it wasn't too much doubt in my mind about John Wall coming back. Because, for one, I mean, medicine is at an all-time high, man. I mean, you can – a torn ACL these days are literally – a sprained ankle. Like, that's that's literally... A t- 30, 40 years ago, a torn ACL would have ruined ended your career. That was it. These days, man, it's like coming back from a sprained ankle. Yeah, it still take a couple months to rehab and recover, but literally, these guys come back as good or even better at times. So, um, I wasn't too concerned about that when John Wall went down and didn't play for a while, but... Not that he tore his ACL, he had a more severe injury, but, you know, like I said, medicine, rehab, all this stuff, the the access these athletes have, they have numerous and a plethora of options to come back fully healthy or better than ever. So I wasn't really too much concerned about him being that. Now, what I do want to see, I want to see how this Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook combination looks. Same thing with John Wall and James Harden. I think Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook would compliment each other more because, to me, the the Rockets traded for pretty much the exact same guard. John Wall IQ is a bit higher. I would give him that. But as pound for pound as a player who's better, I think Russell Westbrook is still the better player between the two. I mean, he's a... He's a former MVP of the league. He's made all more all-NBA teams. More of a... He's made more all-star teams. You know, I, I think he's a bit more of a better player than John Wall. I think he's a better player, especially when you look at the resumes. 
And I think that John Wall has a bit more higher IQ. But I still got to see how these duos work, man. I mean, if the if the Washington and duo work as good as I think it can, I think they're a fifth or sixth seed in the East, honestly. At the worst, they're eighth or they're just outside the playoffs. I think the Hawks also come up and be good. You know, they got they got talent over there. To me, it's just about can they play defense. I mean, they, they got shooters. They got shooters, man. They got they signed Bogdanovich. They they got Trey Young. You know, they got Cam Reddish still. They got Hooter. They got Collins. They got they got guys who can space the floor. But can they defend is the question. The only defender I like on their team that on their starting five specifically is Clint Capella. And he's a you know, he's a I thought I always thought he was a under under, you know, overlooked, I should say, rim protector. I thought he was really good at Houston protecting the rim. I thought he's he's a good rebounder. He he's he's not a guy you could get to the ball and let him dominate in the post and make moves, this and that. But he'll catch lobs. He's a he's a, he's similar to JaVel McGee. He's always a lob option if need be. He's a bailout. He can put the ball up and score from the block. He's just not no DeMarcus Cousin or AD type of dude. He's not going to make a move and score on you. Like, that's not him. But I do think the Hawks will be a lot better than what they were. And another team out east that I could possibly see making it, uh, it's hard to say, man. But the Magic still probably have a chance with Eric Gorn coming back healthy. But to me, it's just all about whether or not they can make they could make things mesh for the Hawks. Some more teams that I believe can sneak in the playoffs out west, though I believe the Suns can definitely make a push. Man, they got talent, they had a veteran, much needed veteran experience and leadership in Chris Paul, who can help guide not only Devin Booker but DeAndre Ayton. I mean, we've seen what he did for DeAndre Jordan with the LA Clippers. He he helped elevate him to an all-star caliber of center. You know, despite the fact that DeAndre Jordan lacked fundamental skills and talent like DeAndre Ayton possesses now. You know, DeAndre Ayton game is more fundamentally sound, has, a, I think, a softer jumper. I think he has a more fundamental back-to-the-rim game, can make hit a move on a guy, you know, post up, things, excuse me, things like that. But... I think adding Chris Paul pays dividends for them right away. I think at the best they're maybe a fifth seed out west. I mean, it's a lot of good, still a lot of good teams, but I think their sons will be as relevant as they've ever been in years with Chris with the addition of Chris Paul. All right, I'm gonna get into the fans Q and A now. You know, bring in some. Questions. This first question comes from Gino Peterson. Bearing a bad game, barring a bad game in Detroit, is it safe to say A-Rod is alone by himself in the MVP after Mahomes' performance today? Um. Well, we mean today he means Sunday because I uploaded the questions Sunday. But I don't think he's alone because at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes went up against a top three defense in the Miami Dolphins, who I want to just add real quick that 
they underperformed that game and should have won the offense, that is. And I think a lot of that falls on play calling, but that's not a hero right there. I'll talk about that another time. But I think it's I think it got closer because of the performance, the three interception performance, but Rogers even though I love Aaron Rodgers, he had his struggles against the Buc- – he had a terrible game against the Buccaneers earlier this season, and they lost. Pat Mahomes had a pretty good game still, despite the three interceptions. I mean, he had almost 400 yards. I believe he threw two touchdowns, if, not, if I'm not mistaken. I know he got one, the Hill and Kelsey. So he still had a good game. He just had some turnovers. And the team itself had some turnovers. I mean, they had a fumble as well. I mean, they it was a tough game for them. Miami gave them all they could. Just the offense couldn't capitalize on a lot of things, man. A lot of drop passes, a lot of bad play calls, a poor execution. It was, the offense just needs to be better for the Dolphins, man. They expect to even make the playoffs this season. Next question comes from Van Velsine. Is KC beatable realistically? Yes, they're beatable. I mean, if the Dolphins showed anyone anything this week is that if you can create consistent pressure and if you got covered, guys, it's you you could be a hard check for them. I mean, literally the only reason we lost this game was because our offense inefficiencies and missed field goals and a punt return. I mean... The punt return doesn't happen. We may win this game, even despite everything else. We win the game. The punt return was honestly the difference in the game, man. Even despite the fact that we had injuries, guys went down. I mean, our, our top receiver options went down. Gazeki, De- Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant. I mean, these aren't guys you write home about. Mike Gazeki has emerged, but these other guys, you know, they're consistent to me. I like Parker. He's just – I think he – I always thought he was a better number two option than the one. I don't think he's a number one option at receiver. I think they need to bring in another guy who can truly be that option. I don't I don't think Preston Williams is it. I know they want to make him it, but he's not. He's not. He's just not. He's, he's, held, he's hurt often. Can't stay on the field. And even when he's on the field, his performances is always iffy. It's up and down. He'll have a, a good game and then – is just drop off. When you got number ones, you need consistency. And we don't have that. Same thing with Devontae Parker. See, you saw him light the Jets up and the Seahawks up. What are the games you can point to that he had a game that dominant like that this season? So at this point, I just think they need to go out and get not only a veteran guy, I think they need to draft a young guy. Same person, Dark Horse Super Bowl contender. I'm not sure. I'm not going to say this is a dark horse, but this is definitely a team I didn't hear in contention in the AFC for the Super Bowl. And I think it's the Bills, man. The, listen, the Bills are legit. I know people don't want to, you know, write off KC or even Pittsburgh because they got injuries they were dealing with last night and stuff. Listen, man, the Buffalo Bills are legit. This is a good team. I'm not going to say they're a Super Bowl, a dark horse Super Bowl contender because I know some people have them favorites. But them 
and the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts, if they could continue to get consistent play out of Phillip Rivers, they're a tough out, man. They're a tough out. They're just, they got a great defense. They can run the ball. One of the best offensive lines in the game. They got good young receivers. I love Michael Pittman, man. I think he's an absolute stud in the making. And I've always been a fan of T.Y. Hilton. They got they got good young guys on both sides of the ball. Darius Leonard may be the best linebacker in all of football right now. You know, and Kenny Moore, I mean, he just made an absolutely monstrous interception highlight play. That it, it was it was a thing of beauty, man. It was <laughs> if y'all didn't see it, y'all need to go see it. It was a be- it was probably the best interception I've ever seen. And I and I was saying that about X this year when he made that one handle on Tyreek Hill, but no. Kenny Moore made an absolutely miraculous catch. It was just terrific to watch. Next question from the same person, Van. What will Philadelphia and Dallas do with their highly paid QBs? I think Carson Wentz's time is over. I mean, they're going to take a cap hit regardless of how they go about it. But at least if you trade them, you could get something back in return. Like, that's at the very least. I think Carson Wentz's time is over. Jalen Hurts went out there and he beat a team that literally no one thought they would beat. So for him to go out and do that on his first start and his first, you know, start against a top two defense, he ran for 100 yards, threw a couple good passes. I mean, guys want to say, you know, he just looked like another Lamar Jackson or whatever the case. I mean, the guy made good throws, man. I mean, it doesn't matter. It kills me to do say that. Like, if you're winning the game, your team wins, regardless of what numbers you put up, you won. I mean, it, dudes want to scrutinize and criticize so many people for little things and nitpick at their game. Listen, the guy won, period. Like, what, what are we talking about? He won. And as far as Dallas goes, I think they paid that Prescott this upcoming um Offseason, I think they pay him. You know, I think they give him what he wants because I know they're going to tie their recent struggles to him being hurt, which which rightfully so. He is a huge part of it. But they they have to remember, they were 1-3 with him. And it took, uh, it took one of the worst special team efforts in the Atlanta Falcons I've ever seen for them to even win that game. So... It's just a lot, man. I don't. I think they paid Dak. Do I think that's the correct answer? Not necessarily, but he is definitely a hell of a lot better than what they have now on the roster. Next question comes from Anthony Jenkins: Is Robbie Anderson the most underrated receiver in the league? I don't know about the most, but he's definitely one of them. He doesn't get talked about enough. He didn't. He didn't have a market like I thought he would when he first left the Jets. I have no idea why, because. Right. If if anything on the Jets the previous year looked good on offense, it was Robbie Anderson, and he looked good the year before that. So I don't understand why he has such a small market. Cause the dude, can, he's a baller, he's a burner. He reminds me a lot of. He reminds me a lot of when Mike Wallace was at Pittsburgh. He's 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 a little bit more agile play. He's not just a straight line runner like Mike Wallace was, but his game. It's similar to me, you know. He he's a guy that could get downfield. He could catch the fifty fifty balls. Not to say he could go up over top of a dude, but he he has good foot placement. You know, 
get vertical. He can find the soft spots and zones. He recognizes play coverage as well. To me, that's that's a lot what Mike Wallace was. But I think he is one of the most underrated receivers in the league, who I believe is the most underrated receiver. I think it's Tyler Boyd, man. Tyler Boyd does not get enough love at all. I I think he's become, since he's clear-cut number one, since A.J. Green has struggled since his return, He's this is a legit. He's a legit guy, short-handed, and I think he's the most under receiving the league. Honestly, this next question comes from Joshua Robbins. What are three Super Bowls matchups you would like to see outside the top four? Three Super Bowl matchups outside the top four. <sighs> First, I'm 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 gonna be a little biased here, <laughs> but I would like to see a rematch between Arizona and the Dolphins because for one, that was just an amazing game to watch. I thought Tua looked his best, Kyler Murray looked his best. You know, if I get another sixty minutes of that, man, I'd be extremely satisfied. That was just a beautiful performance by both young QBs, the future of the leagues that we're seeing right there. I think that would be a great. Another Super Bowl matchup. I had to say the Cleveland Browns and the Minnesota Vikings, strictly because it will be a story to tell to see two teams who haven't been there or haven't won it in forever you know, to to one of them to rewrite history for their franchise and one and just this one big game it would be huge. I I doubt either one of them make it, but it would be huge for either one. And the next game, I would like to see outside the top four. I say the Colts, and I'm I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I don't think Tampa Bay is top four right now. No, they're not, but. I say them matched up with the Colts because I would love to see how a prolific and, you know, talented offense like that matches up against a defense like that. And it, it'll be fun to watch, man. I mean, Brady has shown his struggles. He shows some progress sometimes. He shows he can revert back to the struggling Brady in that new system. I would love to see what the, what they could do against the Colts defense, man. And I would love to see what Phillip Rivers does against the Tampa Bay defense. Will he fold under the pressure? Or will he rise to the occasion? Like, we've all been hoping to see from him. But, like, again, I doubt that either one of those teams make it. Tampa Bay has a better chance, but if they continue to struggle or, like, play up and down like they've done all year, they're not going. Who's... This next question comes from Benjamin E. Cruz. Who's better, Michael Gallup or Darius Slayton? Mm. This kind of, t- I'm a, I'm gonna give the edge. I'm gonna give the edge to Michael Gallup because I like Darius Slayton, but I don't think his game is as defined yet. I think he's just a one-trick pony right now. I think he's a, a take the top of a defense type of guy, which is nothing but wrong at all. But I think Michael Gallup is also that, and he can work the inside of the field, work outside the numbers as well. But 
I've seen him make some really nice contested catches. I've seen him catch move the chains for the Cowboys consistently at one point. I don't think Darius Slayton is any of that. I, I could be wrong. You know, I don't I don't watch a lot of the Giants games, but he's one of the few players I do pay attention to when I do watch the Giants games. And a lot of it isn't his fault. I mean, Daniel Jones, I just think isn't it, man. I, and I hope the Giants realize it at this point because he's not it, at least not to me. But I'm going to get an edge to Michael Gallup. Just a tiny edge. I think Slayton is the more talented guy. But I think Michael Gallup as a receiver and right now, I think he's the better option. Will Derrick Henry retire? At, oh, I'm sorry. This next question comes from Ryan Burgess. Will Derrick Henry retire as a top five back of all time? Maybe top 10. And is he currently the best over CMC, Camaro, and Cook? First off, Derrick Henry is clear-cut the best running back in the league now. He, let me just throw out some stats for you all. He now has the most 200-plus yard rushing games and two-plus TD games in NFL history after after this week's performance against the Jaguars. And he may continue to make that record unbreakable, if we're being honest. Now, top 10, maybe. If he continues at this pace, maybe. Cause it's a lot of good guys that done came in the league, man, at the running back position. I definitely don't see top five in his future all time, but I think he can make an argument for top ten if he continues this pace. Cause he, listen, he's absolutely lighting the league on fire these past two seasons, man. I mean, he has thirteen games this season where he had, well, not this season. Is it this season? No, thus far in his career, thirteen games where he has 100 rushing yards in the first half. The next best is three. And I think it's a three-way tie between Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, and it was, who who was the third person? I forgot who the third person was, but it was a three-way tie. And that's absolutely astonishing, man. That is an incredible stat. And he, he blows those three really good running backs. The two I named are all pro caliber out of the water. I mean, 13 to 3 is a huge difference. <laughs> to me, man, he's clear, he's clearly the best in the league right now. Regardless if those other guys are better pass options, he's the best in the league right now. Period. These teams know what they're gonna do, and they still do it at a high level because of him. And because they have a good blocking off the line. But that's it for the fan QA. Thank you all for tuning in once again. I hope you enjoyed the show. And I'll see y'all in the next one. Be sure to subscribe and comment, like to the YouTube channel, Last Word Productions. And be sure to follow me on Instagram, Last Word underscore Productions. And like the Facebook page at Last Word Productions. Thank you all again, and I'll see y'all next time.